take real estate as a shot or as a fully stocked cooler? This is the Five O'Clock Somewhere Real Estate Investor Podcast. We're bringing common sense back to real estate investment. So crack open your beverage of choice, sit back and relax, and allow us to learn you a thing or two. Here are your hosts, Brett Bernard, Glenn Green, Matt Wheeler, and Jeff McNett. Let me go ahead and introduce Andrew Beyer, who's with Click and Close. He's one of the lenders I've been working with. He's working with a few of my investors. And uh, Andrew, I guess you do all kinds of loans, but today we're specifically, want to. I want to talk about investment loans. You know, in our previous conversation, we were talking about what makes more sense, buying a house for cash or leveraging that cash and buying more homes. We're pretty convinced, I'm pretty convinced that uh, leveraging the money is the right way to go. And Andrew at Click and Close is one of those gentlemen that can help you do that. So Andrew, uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're doing. You know, I've been in mortgage for about 15 years now. I was a VP at Bank of America for about 10 of it. And Sorry then, about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, different side of it, right? And right. I had a friend... Uh, I had a friend that was in, in mortgage and sales, right, as a loan officer, and he kept saying, hey, Andrew, you, you can talk to anybody. Come over here, come over here, come over here. And I was comfortable with my salary, like, no, we're good. You know, we're, we're, we're taking our couple trips a year. We're doing all this. We're doing that, right? And then we really sat down one day, like, four, years, four or five years ago, and I said, hey, what was your last check? And he told me, and my eyes got really big, and I was like, well, if you can do that, I can do that, right? And since then, it's just kind of been, you know, a roller coaster ride of of helping people, you know, buy houses and helping people refinance and save money and, and, and lots of good stories after good story after good story, right? Obviously, 2019, 2020, 2021, beginning of 2022 were great years for us as loan officers and, and you as a realtor, right? Yeah. And then the market kind of changed, right? And Thank goodness, right at that time, you know, God always blesses us all. And he blessed me with a coach who showed me a way to try and, and work with realtors, right? And that's that's how we met Brett, right? You happen to meet me and uh, you haven't met my partner, Glenn, yet, but I'm the, the investor world is, is something that is booming right now when the owner-occupant market has kind of slowed down quite a bit. 100%. 100%. And that was our first conversation. You know, I... Again, I have I have a team of people that make these calls to set up appointments with realtors, and I chatted with Brett, and he was like, "All right, well, that sounds great, but <laughs> how low can you go on your loan amount, and what can you do to help these investors?" Just like you were saying. Let me clarify that. My que- I've had lots of problems. Glenn's had these problems where we have these lenders say, "Yeah, but we want to do a loan amount, you know, under a hundred thousand." Well, okay. Well, that's great. But the average home in Fraser is 70000 80000 So we, we were having a tough time finding a lender. And Andrew was quick to say, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Well, and like you said, you know, if you're going to buy a house for seventy, eighty thousand, 80000 does it make sense to buy one house for 80000 Or does it make sense to take that $80,000 and spend, you know, put $25,000 down on three houses? Right. For 20. Exactly. Right. And then your profitability just grows exponentially by you building those doors, right? Because as an investor, that's what you want, right? You want to have as much, as many doors as you can, so you have as much income coming in as you can, right? Because you're going to make a whole lot more on 
investing $80,000 in one house if you invest that $80,000 in three or four houses. Exactly. We did the math, and if we just compare apples and apples, your cash flow is going to be about the same and grow the same, but your asset value is going to be greater, your depreciation is better, and your portfolio grows faster. So you're, you're working towards your ultimate goal of having 20 houses in your portfolio by starting off with four instead of just right. starting off with one then trying to save another 80 grand to buy another one. Yeah, and I think in real estate, you know, I've been investing in it myself for 10 or 15 years. And I think that what I've learned in my in my old age of recently crossing the big milestone of 40, I've, I've learned real estate, you know, I was blessed to start in my, in my late 20s, right? Real estate's the long game, right? You can make a lot of money really quick in stocks and investments and all these other things. But real estate's the long game because... Once you have a good renter in place and all that's taken care of, somebody is building your wealth for you. Somebody is making your mortgage payments for you. And that, I think, is the difference between taking that $80,000 and buying one house or buying four. On those four, you're never losing money because somebody is paying your mortgage and building your equity for you. We discussed that in a previous episode where, you know, you... You know, you got some old old school investors that will argue with that because they get too analytical in the ROI and the cap rates and all that. But listen, at the end of the day, your goal is to have 20 homes 20 years from now paid for cash flowing well above what you started out at with asset value well above where you started out at. And if you can turn that into a an annual 10% return or 12% return on your money, that's you're doing way better than you're ever going to do in the stock market because you know your stock values drop you know they they springboard up and down every single day houses may drop but they always go back up you can guaranteed they go back up and they always grow past their previous numbers yeah and i think if you're talking about people that get over analytical it's it's they're looking at right now you know yep you got to go back and look at 10 or 15 year average right so let's let's jump back 15 years it's 2008 Everybody would have told you at that point, you better not buy a house. You better not touch anything. I know a lot of millionaires that bought a ton of property in 2008, 9, and 10. That's what I was about to say. Think of everybody that went against all of this advice. And they they weren't millionaires before that. They were smart. Yeah. And and that's right when I was kind of just organically happened, man, when I was able to start jumping into the market, right? And my investment history started as I'm going to buy a house. And I think I'm smart enough to know once you buy a house, don't ever sell it, right? You can always upgrade your house and then just move a renter into the house that you had before, right? So mine was a kind of slower process because we were young and building a family and all of that. Um, but it's the best decision that I ever made, right? So if I'm, if I'm giving advice to just the normal person, that's an easy way to do it, right? You're starting a family in your 20s, early 30s. Don't ever sell any house that you buy. Always move in a renter. You know, that that $50,000 that you're going to make off selling your house, it pales in comparison to the money that you're going to make. Like you just mentioned, man, over 10 or 15 years, right? right? Exactly. And 20 years. And then you look back and you say, wow, I bought this house. We bought our first house, as crazy as it sounds, back in 07 for $99,000. That house is now worth 350000 and it's paid off. Yeah. And we have a renter in there still paying us, right? So, well, the beautiful thing about that is if that rent, if you have a renter in there for most of the period of time and they're paying your mortgage for you, I, I'd ha- I'd have to sit down with a with a pretty 
extensive calculator and spreadsheet to figure out what the return on that would be if you're really not paying the mortgage and taxes and insurance yourself but a tenant's paying it and now you've got a $99,000 house now worth 350 I think the the RIs I, I, I'd have to sit down and figure out how to calculate that but it'd be phenomenal yeah and we've, we've done that think about it four times man and then we leveraged that to buy other houses smart right smart so it's, it's, it's just you know and, and again I'm not doing anything crazy or different i'm not you know just this just this super smart guy but i just figured that's the way kind of to go and then like you said we're in a market right now where everyone says don't buy don't buy don't buy well this is a great time for investors like you said to jump in and do exactly what we're talking about absolutely the 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 so-called experts will say oh it's not the right time to buy interest rates are too high well obviously i mean yeah if you're in california sure I wouldn't buy a property in California because you may can get it at a deal today, but in three years from now, it's worth twice what you paid for it. And then five years, it's worth 20% of what you paid for it. But in a Memphis market, Memphis is pretty stable. It stays stable. I mean, we didn't have a, a huge drop in 2008 when the rest of the country was completely upside down. We were, we had lower numbers, but it, it wasn't a travesty. We weren't, we weren't losing our shirts here. A lot of people walked away from the properties because they thought that's it. The real estate market's gone forever, which I don't know why you would think that. And some smart guys went in there and bought up these houses for pennies on a dollar in short sales and five years later turned them into double and tripling their money. The housing market, and again, don't look over the last two, three years, look over the last 15, 20 years. It's going to have small dips, but it's always going to come back to where it was or go higher, Yeah. right? Because look at America, right? America is just growing and growing and growing and people are having babies and this and that, right? So there's always the new buyers, right? There's always the new investors that are coming in. So, you know, that's, that's why I'll go back to what I said before, man. Real estate's the long game. Real estate isn't day trading where you can double your money in a year, right? But then you have to be smart and savvy about it because you can also lose all your money in a year. Real estate, you're not going to do that, right? You're going to buy a house. It might dip a little bit, but if you don't plan on selling it, who cares? You know, I, I, I joke around with, with a lot of my, my buyers and my borrowers all the time, you know, when they talk about, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm refinancing, Andrew, and you're rolling in $7,000 and I'm losing all my equity. Well, equity is air, right? It, it, pretty it, much. It, <laughs> it, it's nothing until you sell your house, right? And so if you plan on keeping this as an investment, Equity is nothing, right? You're you're worried about what you what you can do with your renters and all that good stuff, right? So, yeah, I think I think again, man, real estate. You know, if that's you know what we want to chat about investments and all that, that's the long game. And if you have money, going back to where we started it, the way that you're going to build it the fastest is getting as many doors as you can. This may sound a little biased, but I, I personally believe real estate's one of the safest places to stack your money other than maybe and i don't know bonds or something that grow at two or three percent a year crypto yeah that's a great that's a safe investment (laughs) (laughs) i've lost half of my crypto portfolio in the last 18 months it's been a disaster yeah yeah and there's and there's no history to go back and say it's coming back man right i just i just decide i'm gonna leave it sitting there i stop checking it every day and i'm hoping in five years i look in there and be like oh wow i got a crap load of money i don't know it's it's probably not gonna happen but uh i mean i own like 80 million shares of shiba which is now worth 200 percent of a penny 
I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. So I, I, everybody's like, you got 80 million shares? I'm like, yeah, but if you knew what it was worth per share, <laughs> you wouldn't be that impressed. Trust me. So, yeah. um, all right, well, Andrew, let's move into uh, what you do professionally, and that is help investors with loans. And you're working with one of my investors that are refinancing a property and buying another property. But talk about the different products that you have uh, for investors, because Quite frankly, and as you're seeing, most of our guys that are calling us now are in their mid-20s and their 30s, and they're borrowing money to buy real estate because they have they have an understanding of the long game. They have the same understanding you have and that I have, and they know that lending is going to be a key part of their their wealth building. So talk about the the products that you would suggest to a young investor who's got a good credit score, got some, you know, some cash stuck in the bank, and he wants to utilize. For investments, you know, of course, you can always go to the government. Side. You can go FHA, VA, all that good stuff. They'll allow you to do it, but it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? Because like you said, your most investors are going to be well-qualified. They're going to have good credit, disposable income, right? So they're making good money. And so that's where, you know, we're looking at my suggestion is always, and I don't know why, you know, Fannie, Freddie, you know, the big investors love it, but they like you to put that extra 5% down as opposed to 20%, put 25%. They just feel better about it. And it gives you a whole lot less cost in your rate, right? Because we, we talked about it, man. You mentioned it earlier. Rates are high right now. So there's not really on, on an investment property a rate that you can get without paying for it, right? So you want to try to limit, let's pay as little as we can to get into this property. and no, knowing that, you know, the market is going to reset, you know, you're not going to be sitting there at six and a half, seven percent forever, right? It's, it's, you're going to refinance. Sure. But let's, let's get you in where we can, right? So my suggestion is always, you know, put a little bit more down. And when you're talking about it, like I said, a dollars $80,000 property, an extra 5% is a couple thousand dollars. It's not, it's not a huge amount, right? You know, and I know we, we chatted about this a little bit and I was able to bring somebody your way because, you know, if you guys that are listening don't know it, you know, know that you're listening to a rock star. Brett is a rock star real estate agent and I knew it from the second that I started chatting with them. I told so, you I was only paying you 50 bucks. The last <laughs> guy pumped me up and I had to pay him 100 so. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean it, man. And, you know, I know I brought Amish and his wife your way because, you know, we're, I'm in Dallas, right? So I'm in a, a slightly different market, but it's still growing. It's just a little bit more expensive to jump into it here. And so Amish wanted to get as many doors as possible, but he was looking at buying like a $350,000 house in Dallas. And I said, hey, man, you know, that, you know, 25% on that is a whole lot more than 25% on a $100,000 house. And you can, I mean, do the math, right? You can buy four houses for what you can buy, you know, for 350 right? And then this market. So I- yeah, and, and leverage that money, the cash he had, leverage it and, and get more properties. And actually, so just so you know, we wrote an offer on two more properties this morning. Exactly, exactly. So why, why take that $100,000 cash liquidity that you have and buy one property when you can get four, right? Well, we've been talking about the whole time. And I think, you know, I, I, I tell my, my borrowers this all the time, you know, you need to find a Brett, you need to find that rockstar real estate agent that can help you find the properties that are going to be easily rentable and all that good stuff. The loan part's easy, 
right? As long as you are well qualified, which most of these investors are, I can make a loan happen for you in two or three weeks. That's the easy part. And then we'll move on to the next one and on to the next one and on to the next one, right? So rates are high. They are what they are. The cost to get into it is is what it is. But you're looking at that long-term investment, right? That, that long game, like we've been saying. So using, like we started saying, man, using as much of your liquidity to buy as many doors as possible. And then, and then how do I leverage that in the future? So let's talk about the, so Fannie, Freddie, and those typical loans, I know they have caps on how many properties you can buy. Once you hit your, your maximum, then you can't borrow money from them anymore for that. What other kind of investment products are out there? Yeah. So you have the DSER, right? You have the non-conforming ones. And those are those are pretty easy for investors as well because the biggest part of those is they just want you to put that 20, 25% down. That's it, right? You know, because if you look at it, and, and those are, again, they're non-conforming, right? So they're outside of the CFTB. They're outside of all that fun stuff. So most of who we work with are private firms that work with the billionaires out there that are willing to invest, you know, $50 million and they, they pull enough of them together where they just have a huge amount of money sitting on their warehouse line where they're willing to go out and they're trying to make money on the investors, right? They're, they're big enough to where they're betting that again, well-qualified investors are always going to make money. So it's a, it's a good investment for them. Qualifications for that are pretty, pretty standard, right? Because what they're really looking at is the borrower, right? So they take all the other qualifications out of it as, you know, sometimes they don't even need to look at their credit, right? It's just how successful is this person? How much money is this person in? And are they going to continue to make money? So in that, in that particular loan, what were the acronyms for it again? Uh, DSCR. DSCR. Yeah, those are the non-conforming loans. That's a debt service. So in other words, if it's renting for 1000 a month, they're actually calculating that as income toward the debt for your qualification purposes. Correct. So on those, you know, again, like you said, once you get above six properties, not to say you can't go with Fannie and Freddie, because you actually still can. They just charge you more because they look at you as a big investor at that point, right? So once you get above six properties, we just look at both types of loans and see which one makes the most sense Mm -hmm. based on, again, cost, right? There's money built in these rates, right? So you go back two years ago and people were paying you to get loans, right? They were saying, hey, we'll give you 2% free but if you take 3%, we'll pay you. We'll pay all your closing costs. We'll do all this stuff, right? There's money built in the rates. Now there's money built in the rates on the bad side, right? It's going to cost you money to get a loan. And so which makes the most sense? Does it make sense to go conforming or this DFDR, this non-conforming loan? Depends on where you're at. If your property one through six, probably makes sense to go conforming. If you're a self-employed buyer who is a big investor and that's where you make all your money, it's probably going to make more sense to go with this non-conforming DSCR because that's what these programs are designed for, right? They're designed for something, just like you said, right? That maybe doesn't even have a nine to five anymore, right? Because a lot of the investors that you and I are working with now are just getting started and they have a nine to five and that's how they're 
buying these houses, right? Mm -hmm. Once you get past that and you have someone that owns 10, 15, 20 properties and that's how they're living, that's their income, it does sometimes it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go with with the conforming, you know, normal conventional loan because of how they're making their money and all that good stuff. Yeah. Right. So that that's when I kind of lean more towards the non conforming and bank statement loans, for example. Right. Let's let's I don't even need to see your profit loss. I don't need to see your tax return. Show me your bank statements. So at this point, I guess uh, what I want to leave our listeners with is that when you get ready to just get into the investment real estate, you do need to find you a good agent, number one. And then number two, you need to get in touch with a guy like Andrew who can talk to you about your personal situation and help guide you to the right avenue of lending that makes more sense for what you're trying to accomplish. So Andrew Byers with Click and Close. Andrew, do you want to give out your, your direct cell number so people can call you with questions? So my direct cell is 214 nine nine eight one two one three uh email address very easy andrew dot buyer uh b-e-y-e-r at click and and you hit it spot on man find the agent first find the the rock star brett first and then he'll connect you to someone that can help you get the money you need well said well before we let you go give your cell number one more time i want to make sure people get it so they can get in touch with you yes sir two one four nine nine eight one two one three cool andrew thank you so much man i appreciate it it was a pleasure and if anybody has any questions you can get in touch with me 901-692-7401 if you got mortgage questions or loan questions get in touch with andrew he's a good guy he's working with a couple of my investors now and uh, andrew i appreciate your time buddy have a great day i'll talk to you later on yeah you too thanks guys all right see ya bye for more common sense real estate tips listen and subscribe at five o'clock somewhere podcast.com The 5 O'Clock Somewhere Real Estate Investor Podcast is a Sound Ideas Group production.